When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you season two of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time for the hard-hitting analysis you won't find anywhere else. Here's former Super Bowl winning scout Brian Broaddus and Bobby Belt. 10-5 victory! Cowboys win! This is Love of the Star. Love of the Star. The Star. Welcome again to the Love of the Star podcast. I am Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, the radio flagship home of the Cowboys, joined as always by Brian Broaddus, co-host of the G-Bag Nation, Monday through Friday, 2 to 7 p.m. on 105.3 The Fan, and a former Super Bowl winning NFL scout. Uh, Brian, when you were you know, going through your career as a Super Bowl winning NFL scout, um, did you win a lot of games without your quarterback? That was tough, man, and we had a really good one at Green Bay, and uh, when he didn't show up, we weren't a very good team, and no matter how well uh, certain players played, uh, you know, it's so much a a really a team effort, though, and I'm not trying to be like, you know, oh, it's, you know, it's it's not, it's just one guy's fault and all that. Mm -hmm. I'm really not, but, you know, the most important thing when you look at these teams and when you're building your team is how that quarterback plays. I mean, we saw it throughout uh, the day, opening day on Sunday. Uh, you know, we saw it, how important it was last Thursday with the, with the bills and Josh Allen and stuff. And, you know, we, we put a lot as uh, media members, as fans, we put a lot on the quarterback and we put a lot on the veteran quarterback. We put a lot on the quarterback that's paid, uh, very, very well to play the position and to do the job. And um, your quarterback, if, and, and this is where I got fooled a little bit, Bob, and I know we'll get into it. You know, I, I felt like going into year seven, and I know it's week one, but I was the guy I felt like that was championing Dak Prescott, and he can handle it. And if you take things away from him, he'll figure it out, and he'll 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 – you know, he'll be better for it. His leadership, his yeah. toughness, uh, his ability, all these things will shine through when things are, are at their absolute worst. And 
it went from bad to worst last night really fast for this football team. And that's the problem now as a personnel guy, that all that you put in it and you really, really with your heart believed was going to be the case was a big dose of not so fast. And if you're in the Dallas Cowboys right now and you're sitting in that building over there at the star, you've got a big dose of that not so fast. And so that's where you have to pick up the pieces. But man, it, you know, for, uh, you know, not just your quarterback, but there were several other factors in that football game. I don't think the offensive coordinator ever got in a rhythm. Yeah. They really, they really, for all the things you talk about on defense, they were putting some terrible, terrible spots. But, you know, Leonard Fournette was able to run for six yards of carry. You know, there's that question now. The wide receivers, there's just a lot of things, Bobby, to unpack. And I'm sure you and I are going to do it today in this uh, in this broadcast. Absolutely. Buccaneers win this one 19-3. And we'll dive into a lot more of the specifics about the game itself as we go along here. But obviously the big news coming out of this one, the thing that everybody's reacting to this morning is the fracture uh, in the thumb or, or in the hand or just behind the thumb. It's very confusing, the, the specific terminology that, that Jerry was using and trying to tell us. Basically, it, it, where he was pointing to was it was it's just above the joint where your, your thumb connects uh, with your hand. And so uh, Cowboys are going to be without uh, Dak Prescott for at least a month. I know Todd Archer from ESPN reported six to eight weeks. Ian Rappaport said minimum a month and that uh, they won't have a real great, you know, idea of the timetable until uh, the surgery is had, which is scheduled to take place today, this morning. Uh, but here was Jerry Jones post game uh, talking about the injury to Dak Prescott and things moving forward. Tremendously uh, disappointing uh, way for us to start the year. Everybody is disappointed about that. I'm particularly disappointed for our fans. Uh, uh, Dak will be out for a little while, and so uh, uh, we'll be dealing with that as well. So uh, this was a, a really tough night for the Cowboys, but uh, and and a really uh, a surprising night. But uh, uh, of course, really add to it right there at the end to uh, lose him for several weeks. We'll see more about how long, how many weeks that may be. So several weeks. What exactly happened to his hand? Uh, yes, he has an injury above his joint in his thumb up here. That'll need surgery. You mentioned op- optimism heading into this season. You said one plus one equals three. Does yeah. it still feel like yeah. one plus one equals three? Well, we got a minus going right now, don't we? Real big. So uh, the plus is, uh, but uh, that's this game. Uh, this is, uh, of course, just a start, uh, but a hard way to start. A very disappointing start. There's nobody in that locker room that uh, expects us or expected us to uh, uh, play like we played tonight. Uh, certainly that uh, it will be uh, addressed and worked on and uh, be ready to go, and then we'll have to uh, address uh, the fact that we'll be going forward here without that. Are you saying that the coach on his thumb? Or? Well, it's again, it's above the thumb. It's above. It's up in the uh, back behind the joint. 
Jerry, how much is it on the coaching staff to make sure this thing doesn't go off the rails when you lose your start? Well, well again, uh, we it's pretty uh, uh, logical for me to see that uh, uh, we've got a lot of areas to work on, a lot of areas to improve on. It's the first game. Uh, uh, we're real disappointed before Dak's injury, certainly disappointed after it's For those of us who couldn't hear you initially, can you just summarize the Dak situation, please? Uh, well, I don't really want to get into detail. I, I really want to let uh, our medical people uh, or through the coach give it, but uh, all I can say is that Dak has uh, a fracture and will be out. Is it a thumb? And uh, again, it's behind the thumb. So there you hear it there. It's behind the thumb. It's above the thumb. It's the it's the this, the, you know, a the, the little bit of confusing description. But again, as I say, where Jerry was pointing to was kind of where that first joint connects uh, to sure. the bottom of your hand. Uh, and Dak Prescott, after the game, talked about, you know, the doctors told me it could have been much worse. It was a clean break. I don't know if that's true. I, I've learned that not only can I not trust this organization or Mike McCarthy, I can't trust anything Dak Prescott says about his own health at all. Um, yeah. And so, because we were told, you know, oh, there were some tight shoes and that was the problem. And then, of course, you know, news comes out Sunday morning, Jay Glazer, who's a, a pretty good source, says, oh, no, his ankle popped. And uh, they they figure it's it's just scar tissue popping. It's like, well, great, that's... That's completely comforting and uh, not at all about, you know, shoes that are too tight. Uh, But the Cowboys are going to be in a bit of a rough spot. This isn't just, you know, they've lost their left tackle now and, you know, likely for the season, I believe, but at least until December. Um, They come out of this game, you know, we talk about Dak Prescott, but they they come out of this game losing Connor McGovern to a a high ankle sprain. He's going to be out for several weeks. Uh, J. Ron Curse left the locker in crutches. And that was that sounds, like know, a, that sounds like a knee sprain right there, from what I heard walking to the parking lot. Last yeah, and night. It's, it it does not. I, I know that the the initial word is they they believe ACLs intact, but that they're you yeah. know they'll have an MRI just to confirm things. I also remember the last time I heard the ACLs intact, they're gonna have an MRI to confirm things was Tyron Smith, and then they told us he was out for three months. Uh, yep. So just keep that in mind. Uh, and then there, I, I don't even know where Terrell Basham's injury stands at this point, but he also had a, a pretty bad injury that he needed help off the field with. Yeah, if that that one was a thigh contusion is what I heard late in the, late in the evening. Though, so probably. you're probably out for a few weeks there too. Um, yep. And so the, the Cowboys' depth is really being tested, and it's being tested at the most important spot, and that's the quarterback position. Um Ryan, when, when you look at all the injuries to this team and, and specifically now to the quarterback, I know it's it's so depressing to have this conversation after week one, uh, but is this a season that they're going to be able to salvage? Well, you know, everybody uh, fresh in their mind is Cooper Cup winning a, a game in Minnesota. Now, can Cooper Cup do it for six to eight weeks of going and winning games. The biggest concern I have... Cooper Rush, of course. Did I say Cooper Cup? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's too early in the morning. Yeah. Uh, Cooper Rush, excuse me. Yeah, Cooper uh, Rush. We all remember him winning games and, uh, you know, or winning a game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's one of the reasons why, you know, they stuck with him. They were interested. It was a, a battle between him and Will Greer and, and you know, the Cooper Crush, Cooper Rush came out of the uh, out of the game uh, with uh, the backup quarterback role. Um, the thing that has to be concerning to you is if you're a Cowboy fan is 
with all these moving parts. And it looks like they survived the left tackle spot with Tyler Smith. And we'll yeah. get into that as we go forward in this show. Um, but a lot of this is now put on a coaching staff that defensively we had a lot of faith in. Offensively, we had very little faith in. And the majority of these um, uh, you know, things that are happening on the offensive side of the ball now especially with the quarterback. You know, can they find a way to tailor game plans in order for Cooper Rush to have success? And can they be competitive enough moving the football, even with their starting quarterback in the lineup last night uh, and starting running backs and what they deemed as their starting wide receivers? It was a no-show. And uh, it, was a, it was a big no-show at the quarterback spot. And I, again, admit that I put a lot of faith in Dak Prescott. I didn't put a lot of faith in Kellen Moore. I wanted to know more. I wanted to learn more about potentially, did Kellen Moore learn what uh, troubled him last year? Is that going to be a carryover? And, you know, there's people coming out of the, you know, words coming out of the Tampa Bay locker room about, you know, we understood what they were going to do. We knew they weren't going to run the ball. They weren't committed to this. They weren't committed to that. We knew they were going to do this. And again, that's the advantage of playing the Cowboys last season and playing uh, Kellen Moore. So um, with all that being said, how much confidence do you really, really have in this offensive staff pulling all these things together uh, with a backup quarterback, with a back, with a, a left tackle that should have been the left guard? Uh, you know, I mean, I, I just, that's, that's the problem. I, I don't, I don't have the faith. And you talk about salvaging, you know, it, it, it looked bad with all the with all the pieces there. And especially at quarterback, it looked bad. So um I think we it's a, a you know, it's not really a wait and see. It's a this is what it's gonna be. And if you're a cowboy fan and you're listening to this and you're watching this, you're you you probably know what the result's gonna be. You know, if you're not having success with Dak, and I, I know it's a big week one knee jerk type of a thing, but man, I, you know, I, I was expecting a lot from, was expecting a lot from Dak in that game. And he, he, he didn't, he didn't play nearly as well as my expectations were for him. And I, it's unfortunate he got hurt. And now you put this into the coach's hands and that's something I didn't trust to begin with. So I, I'm, I'm, if, if I'm a Cowboy fan, I'm, I'm I'm in a little bit of uh, of despair right now. You look at the end of 2019. You have the AC joint issue for Dak Prescott. You have the broken ankle in 2020. You then have uh, the lat strain in training camp in 21. The calf strain in the middle of 2021. The ankle issue pops up again this week. Now it's a uh, injury to the throwing hand. The thumb there on the throwing hand. Uh, are we reaching a point where? The Dak Prescott's reputation, uh, unfortunate as these injuries have been, as as bad luck as these have been, are reaching a point where you got to say your quarterback's injury prone. Well, uh, you know, you, you mentioned that the calf one was the was the one because that was the last play of the game. That was a pass to Ceedee Lamb against New England. That was him moving to his right, throwing off one leg, coming down funny on that. Um, it's Man, it's it just seems like, and and every time you look at Dak, 
you know, he went from being Dak, kind of a big, burly-looking guy, you know, body armor, thick, you know, all over, and, you know, thinking, man, he, this guy, he's built for this rugged style of game. And then every year he's gotten leaner and leaner and leaner and gotten in better shape. And you're thinking, like, man, maybe Dak as a bigger type of guy – body type wise maybe he was, he was better protected but he he's done a great job of getting himself in shape I think he's had some terrible luck I mean he mentioned it last night in the post when he's hit plenty of helmets and pads and yeah. stuff before with his hand he's had jams and things and you know but when he said hey I couldn't hold the football that reminded me so much of what Drew Brees you know, when he was in New England, uh, New England, New Orleans, and and was, you know, just he, he says, I can't hold the ball. You know, he would try to hold the ball and his thumb was was jacked up, you know, to the point where, you know, he was out for a lot of games. But, yeah, I, I just wonder about Dak because, man, he comes in in tremendous physical condition and he leaves, uh, a, a, you know, a broken guy. And uh, I, I don't know if there's any correlation or not, but – you know, when he was first in the league, first, you know, 2016, he was a much bigger, thicker guy. Yeah. And now now he's a, a lean, and, and maybe, you know, you think, oh, leaner guy, more mobility, more this, more that. Man, it seems like the harder he's tried to get himself ready to play, the worse the injuries have been for him along the way. You're listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. All right, it's clearly a depressing time for all of us here, uh, and that's why I'm I'm going to go try and lift my spirits later tonight at Boomer Jacks. It is a great spot to cool off with cool drink specials and affordable eats. Uh, we're so happy to have them here sponsoring us here at Love of the Star. Uh, it's a great space whether you know you need to go have happy hour with coworkers or you and the boys want to go out and get some drinks and, and hang out, or if you're just looking for a spot for the family to hang out and have a nice night out. That's the spot, Boomer Jacks. I'm telling you, you're going to want to go there. Uh, wall-to-wall TVs, there's live music, there's games. Everybody will be happy no matter what kind of setting you're looking for. Boomer Jacks can fill that void. You can cool off with cold drink specials starting at $3. It's easy on your wallet, you know? It's a tough time with inflation, but Boomer Jacks has you covered. 17 DFW locations. Find yours at boomerjacks.com. All right, so that is the uh, status update on your quarterback and, and where his injury stands uh, let's talk about more the game itself, and and we've already kind of addressed a little bit some of the offensive stuff, I and mean, we'll go deeper into it here. Um, but but since we've focused some attention there, 
Uh, let's talk about the defense. A little bit of bend but don't break from them last night. Um, I think if you want to look at, you know, I, I don't think anybody stood out as being really awful except there was one player. That, I thought Trayvon Diggs played a really bad game yesterday. Yeah, I would say, yeah. I, I was hoping you were going to go that way, so go ahead and finish that thought. You and had. and sure look, a pretty good one. I, I mean, you know, Mike Evans got him turned around a little bit. There, there were a couple times where he got caught in coverage. And his run defense, man, he is... He has very little interest in in you know playing run support. It feels like at times, and and it's bad angles and it's lack of effort. And uh, you know, look, it, a lot of great corners in the past have been guys who don't want to play run defense. Deion Sanders was notorious for it. Um, but you know, we had a guy here in Dallas uh, about 15 years ago, Mike Jenkins, who had the same problem. Uh, but but Trayvon Diggs, they. They were running the ball right at him. Uh, of course, you mentioned the Buccaneers had a lot of success on the ground yesterday. Leonard Fournette, 21 carries, 127 yards. Uh, the Buccaneers pick up nine first downs on the ground, 152 rushing yards total. Um, Brian, I, 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 I kind of—I mean, we obviously know there were issues with Diggs and and you know what he did in run support, and you know the the I, I think the Buccaneers did a good job blocking things up. Uh, one of the things that I felt like, and I have a better idea of this looking back at, at the tape this morning, but one of my first inclinations, and I'm interested to see what you think about this and if you see it on tape when you watch the game back this morning, did you feel like Byron Leftwich, the, the Buccaneers offensive coordinator, did a pretty good job of, of drawing up some plays that were going to give them some favorable math in terms of blockers? Because I felt like there were just a lot of instances where they had hat on a hat, and as long as it was blocked up, they were going to be able to get it. There weren't a lot of you know loaded boxes, or there weren't a lot of times where the, the Cowboys had the numbers advantage on some of these runs. No, you're absolutely right about that, Bob. I think you, you hit the nail right on the head. I, I, I do believe they figured out that they could run the ball going to the Cowboys' right, and that would be the Tampa Bay left. And it was really simplistic when you talk about down blocks, pulling guys around the down, down blocks. You know, they were able to hook, whether it was Armstrong, Sam Williams was over there. Uh, you know, they were able to bash him. They were able to, to capture the edge pretty quickly. And then once they captured the edge, it put big bodies in space and you mentioned Diggs. Diggs wanted nothing to do with run support last night. Yeah, it, it, it seemed like that every time that the Buccaneers had a big run coming out of the gate, it was to Diggs' side. Again, I'll check the, the video, the All-22, and see where we're at. But I, I just felt like that, man, they, they targeted Diggs knowing that he was not going to step up. You know, we've seen in the training camp, and the preseason games, it seems like ages ago, but we saw where guys like Wakwamu, uh, you know, Deshaun Wright, Bland, those guys, when it was backups, first backups, those guys were stepping up and making tackles right there near the line of scrimmage. One, two, three yard gains, you know, not seven, eight, 17, you know, we didn't see those, those types of runs. And I, I do feel like, Probably because the you know Tom Brady didn't have to be Tom Brady the hero last night because they were able to run the ball well enough. And when Tom Brady, I thought there was a lot of with Dan Quinn. I don't know if Dan Quinn necessarily had his best day either, 
Sure. To me, just a lot of, you know, the, the coverage was, you know, just not there. And and I, I was one of the guys that really believed that the Cowboys secondary, whether it was Lewis, Brown, Diggs, we, were going to show up and cover. And it just seemed like there was a lot of free access and routes from my press box seat. It just seemed like the Bucks were able to get into the routes. And then Brady just is going to, you know, he threw the ball well last night. You know, and, and making making you pay for your coverage or your lack of coverage that you had. But man, it was clear that the Bucks had a plan running the football. And a lot of it really might not have been just the inside stuff they really couldn't get going. There were some of the better stops that they were able to Cowboys were able to make in the running game were run in the middle of that line. I'm not saying that Quentin Bohanna was great by any means, you know, but they they they, it seemed like inside runs were a little bit tougher for the Bucks, but they knew if they could get the ball on the edge, whether it was the jet sweeps. I mean, Julio Jones on jet sweeps. Yeah, turning back the clock. Turning back the clock for sure. And so they had a clear plan of how they wanted to attack the edge, and a lot of it was taking the ball right at digs and taking the ball at uh, the, the, the right defensive end. Uh, for the Dallas Cowboys, whoever that was in the lineup. You know, it, it's interesting you say, you know, you'll go back and look at the tape, but you feel like you're going to see, you know, oh, running into that it. left side. Yeah. Eight, so it. so it made me go look. I, uh, thanks to NFL game stats and uh, information, uh, I wouldn't go, uh, I went and looked it up. So running to the left side yesterday. Eight, Would that be the left side of the their formation? The left, the side of the, left side of the Buccaneers, Buccaneers formation. Buccaneers. Okay. Uh, yeah. 18 carries, 100 yards. And to the right side, it was 15 carries for 52. Yeah. So you're talking about you doubled it up. They ran eight plays to left end, Brian. They averaged nine yards per carry. Yeah. Just yeah. torched Dallas on that side. And, you know, I thought, you know, there were, I think on the very first drive, Dorrance Armstrong had a nice play where, you know, he was able to shed his blocker and make yeah. a wrap-up tackle. That same first drive we saw on the other side, Demarcus Lawrence just, you know, had a really nice inside move, put Shaq Mason on the ground, a really good guard in Shaq Mason, and, and made yeah. a big stop on third and one. And I'll say it was it was nice to see the defense, as much as there were some issues at times, it was nice to see the defense step up and lock down when, when things got, you know, when things got tight, they they held them to field goals. Micah Parsons came up with two huge sacks on third down in this game. Back when we we thought the the game was still within reach, um, but the defense, I thought overall, you know, not their best performance. I think you're right, not Dan Quinn's best performance, but you can at least see the flashes of what that unit can be and what kind of ability they have. And I think all that's encouraging. How, how did you feel, just first glance? Um, I don't think it stood out as, as some sort of, uh, you know, all-world performance, but I thought at first glance, Leighton Vander Esch looked like he played pretty well at linebacker. Yeah, I, I thought so, too. Matter of fact, I was uh, in the parking lot, just matter of fact, a few hours ago, yeah. you know, talk, talking to, um, you know, talking to uh, other writers who cover the beat, and we were all trying to, you know, talk about guys that, you know, and, and Leighton Vander Esch was a guy that a couple of us brought up that, you know, Felt like he played really played well. A couple of times he got you know c- collected in some blocks and stuff like that. But overall, I mean the the numbers say that that the tackles and things were there. I mean Leighton Vanderish, it's so strange about him. Some of his best games have been when the Cowboys have lost. <laughs> yeah, you know I mean it's weird how he comes up with double digit tackles when the Cowboys lose, and you know that's unfortunate for him. 
Um, you know, we, we, Micah Parsons, I, I thought they were a little late to adjust in this football game um, with where they rushed Micah Parsons. And, you know, I had the plan about trying to attack the middle and eye level and stuff like that. Um, you know, he was rushing off the, you know, it, it seemed like they had him against Tristan Wirfs early in that game. He yep. had no success. And then all of a sudden Smith gets knocked out with an injury uh, on one of the sacks. And you're now you're like going, well, just put him over there. Just find the weakest guy. And yep. I, I don't, don't know. It, I, I think it was a little late to find the weakest guy. That's what I would do with Micah Parsons every single time. Find the weakest guy and have that matchup. If you can somehow, some way, create it, maybe easier said than done uh, with the Cowboys at this point. But and I, I just felt like that. You know, Micah Parsons probably saved you ten points. They, you know, the Bucks are probably yeah. going to score a touchdown on one of his sacks. Uh, they missed the field goal. You know, I mean, it just shows you what they're capable of doing right there. And. It's a hard quarterback to play. We all know Tom Brady. I think he's the greatest quarterback to ever play this sure. game. But you also you you just have to. I mean, he was just he just was ordinary Tom last night. It wasn't any magical. You know, it felt like when it was twelve to three, it felt like the Cowboys were. It might as well have been a hundred to three. Yeah, it just you know offensively any you know even when they got the turnover, you know they get the interception near midfield and. They just don't even move the ball at all. And you're like going, well, this, and it's such a, it's such a, it was such a change or a slap in the face, if you want to say, from what they did, you know, first drive. It's just, you know, tick, tick, tick. And, you know, and, and you know, they over tried to, they over tried to sell the whole thing and not sell or use, a, you know, Pollard and the double reverse thing and all that. Yeah. The wildcat. The wildcat, and you know, I mean, I think there were the first two carries he had the game. It was minus nine, yeah. you know, on the on the yard. So, you know, Kellen, we complain about it, you know, and, and I know we're talking defense, but I just want to say one more thing about Pollard. You know, one of the sacks that was given up was Pollard got overpowered at the point of attack. Yeah, and, almost, and, and Dak barely got the ball out on another where Shaquille yeah, Barrett blew him up. Yeah, and see, that's and you know, people go well. Why is why does not why does Pollard not play all the time? Pollard is a tremendous player, but I don't know if Pollard is that every down player that we think he might be. And that, that's that's the example when you wanna when you wanna say Pollard needs to play more. Well, where do you need to play Pollard? Okay, so I, again, I'm sorry, I'm bouncing around. No, 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 you're good. Thoughts my thoughts in my head about you know either defensive thoughts that look bad, whether it's run game, point of attack stuff. Or blitz pickup with a guy that it's it struggles with blitz pickup and, and gets your quarterback sacked. Let's let's talk more about that offensive side. But before we totally get into that, well, I mean this this can blend, I guess. Uh, penalties were still an issue last night. Uh, they were. Cowboys have ten for seventy three, and you get four of those alone from Terrence Steele, uh, who I thought wasn't bad in terms of his his actual. Play. Like, like, like I think he did okay. There were times where, where he got beat. But I think overall, the, I thought the line held up pretty well yeah. for the most part, actually. They at least gave him a chance. I know she, it got worse into the second half, and Shaquille Barrett started wrecking shop there a little bit. But, you know, I, I thought that the offensive line as a whole did a pretty nice job. Uh, but those, those penalties from Terrence Steele, Brian, Terrence had 
three false start penalties in the first three quarters last night. He had three false start penalties in 2021. So he's now equaled his entire total from last season. Um, struggle there with the with the penalties as a whole for the offense. Um, another thing that stands out, and, and somebody who I think because Dak struggled and some of the other things is getting a little bit of a free pass so far in some of the conversations you're hearing. Um, maybe I'm wrong about this, but, man, I thought CeeDee Lamb didn't help. CeeDee no. Lamb, Lamb did not step up the way they wanted him to. No, he really didn't. Uh, you know, if you want to point your finger at the quarterback, if you want to point your finger, me personally, I, I, I felt like that going into this thing that Terrence Steele was a, an area of concern for me. And I'm not going to say, you know, the penalties didn't help. And I'm sure when we watch the All-22, there's some fine things with Terrence Steele playing tackle. Um, you know, and, and and tip of the cap to Farniak coming in very early in that game, that left side, two young guys, you know, with him and Smith, I, I thought they held up really, really well for the most part. You mentioned at the end of the game and it just became Dallas having to throw the ball to get back in it. And it's, you know, it's Cooper, uh, it's Cooper Rush throwing it. It, it you know, it was problematic there. But, um, yeah, it was with CeeDee Lamb, I felt like, though, there were times when he was open and Dak didn't get him the ball. And then there were times where, you know, you've got to you've got to find a way to make a play or two along the way and help. Um, You know, it it it's I don't know if I could say it's receiver by committee look. Because receiver by committee look didn't have a CD Lamb playing. No, it you know? didn't. And, 2018, and, they didn't have anybody as good as. Yeah, CD. and I and I, I I just I put so much on the quarterback, and I put so much on CD Lamb. I really, really do because I feel like that CD Lamb. You know, I mentioned Cooper Cup earlier by just pure accident, but I believe in my heart when I watched CD Lamb play at Oklahoma, he was Cooper Cup. The way that he ran routes and the way he caught the ball and. But you know what? He got the ball a lot of times in front of him and on the move and able to, you know, make people miss and all that. And there were a couple times last night where the ball needed to be in front and he could have made people miss. And, you know, but, you know, to have 11 targets and only come up with two catches, there's there's a disconnect there. And it, whether it's him, the quarterback, you know, you just can't – you can't go in there, you, you know – you can't have Dennis Houston having targets and having better success than you. You just you just can't have that, and and that's what it turned into last night. Uh, before we uh, wrap up this segment, and we're going to transition, we're going to finish with some positivity. Talk about some of the, the the positives that we did see in this game. Some things we can build on. Again, on the CD Lamb thing, less about his play. How did you feel about some of the body language and the way that he carried himself? He looked, he looked a little out of it. Yeah, it's never good when you know with these receivers, and I think he understands that it doesn't help because you notice that people like myself are you know sitting there and the, you're you're in your seat, I'm in my seat, and we're watching, and then you know we have the glasses on him, balls thrown behind him, or balls thrown way over his head, or you know, and, he, and he's you can tell he's just like, bro, you got to help me here, and you know, but then the quarterback's got to look at him and say, bro, you got to help me too. Can't you know, get an OPI and, on a twenty-yard game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, 
Absolutely. You can't be pushing off. You got to use your skill to drive off, come back to the ball and all that. And, you know, that was a problem. And so, yeah, his body language, you can tell the receivers that have rolled through here, we could all, we could all read the body language. You can even go back to Michael Irvin when things sure. were not great. Body language was bad there. Receivers are the easiest position in the world to read body language on because, you know, they're the ones that when the when it's not there, you see them walking back to the huddle or jogging back to the huddle, and it's just not – doesn't look like it's a, got a little bounce to that step as we've seen before. You're listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we are not going to do the Twitter mailbag today. Going to take a break from that, obviously, with all the breaking news. There's just a lot to fit in there. It's, it's been a very stressful last 24 hours so if you're looking for a stress-free night out, you need to go check out Boomer Jacks. Uh, they have wallet-friendly drinks and eats, cold drink specials starting at $3, and it's the perfect spot no matter what kind of atmosphere you're looking for. You know, if you want it to be a night out with the guys, Boomer Jacks. If you're looking for happy hour with the coworkers, Boomer Jacks. If you're, if you're just looking to go drown your sorrows by yourself, Boomer Jacks. If you're looking for a night out with the family, Boomer Jacks. That's the spot. That's where me and my family will be later this week. I know we're going to have a nice night out, probably Wednesday night. Go hit up our local Boomer Jacks. Uh, live music, all the games that you want, and more. There's there's something for everybody there at Boomer Jacks. You deserve to be happy, and Boomer Jacks will give that to you. 17 DFW locations. Find yours at boomerjacks.com. All right, Brian, we're going to try and be a little bit more positive here. Uh, give some silver linings. Uh, you know, it was funny uh, last night, um, Jerry Jones talking about the, the injury to Dak Prescott. Uh, was sort of talking about this idea of, you know, you you got to have some silver linings. He said uh, that he's not trying to coach anybody up on, on how to handle adversity, but he says he knows early on uh, you need to get you something positive and hang on to it, and that's what he's trying to do right now uh, so, so that you don't break, I guess. Um, positivity, the first thing I want to start off with positive – your left tackle, Tyler Smith, didn't look overwhelmed that? at all. That looked like an NFL yeah. left tackle to me. Yeah, week uh, week one, um, I was super, super pleased. And I know I know, sitting in that seat in the press box, my eyes were on him that first series. And I'm thinking, okay, man, just hold up here. Just, you know, twist stunts, outside rushes, inside rushes. You know, it, it seemed like that everything was just really on point uh, for Tyler Smith, you know they had the one breakdown where I don't know if it's mental on him or something happened where he comes down inside. They have the free runner on the outside and ends up giving up a sack. You know maybe that was a, an assignment bust. It looked like to me you don't let the edge. Uh, you know maybe that's on Dak knowing you know that he's going to have that free rush. I, you know Tyler Smith seems like a guy that's very well prepped in what's going on. Listen to him talk after the game last uh, night. It was talking about building and going forward. And, you know, Tyler Smith, of the lists of problems that the Cowboys went through last night against Tampa, I don't think his name's on that list. I think his name's on the list of, you know, what it looks like to me. Now, even to the point, you know, Bobby, where you could think, okay, where does Jason Peters fit in this thing now? And can you use Tyler Smith as a piece somewhere else? Uh, how well did you think Farniak played? I think Farniak was fine. Yeah. But now does Tyler Smith, you know, does Peters play left tackle? Or do you just go ahead and ride with Peter, uh, or ride with Smith playing left tackle? Because that's where 
he's going to play in the future. You know, do you just keep going with that or you try and help this offense and then uh, you know, Cooper Rush by moving Peters into the lineup and putting Smith either at left guard to take the spot he was going to play? Or do you say, you know what, we're not going to go with Terrence Steele at right tackle anymore. We'll make Terrence Steele the swing and go with with Peters, Farniak, uh, and, uh, and uh, you know, Theodish, Martin, and Smith over at right tackle. I mean, there's there were a lot of combinations. I know in the Cowboys postgame show that we were, myself and Ari Timken, were trying to throw around in order to see if that could help uh, the situation. But I, I think in positivity, you know, the offensive line, they ran, I mean, Zeke ran the ball. I thought, well, if you tell me Zeke's going to average almost five and a half yards a carry, sure. 5.2 a carry, man, I, I would say I'll take that all day. There, there's some people in the, the show last night in the post game that were calling and saying maybe they should have, you know, Kellen Moore got away from the run, you know, too early, that maybe you should just kept running Zeke, running Zeke, running Zeke, and maybe you could have found some offensive rhythm there, uh, you know, but, uh, but as far as the offensive line goes and Tyler Smith and those guys, I, I, I thought they – I thought they held up uh, reasonably well against a very good Tampa Bay front. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, his name there a little bit, but I think that I at least came out of the game feeling like your center played pretty well. I think that Tyler Biotish did a pretty good job on that front. And yet, you, bringing up Zeke, I think that that's another good one. He looked to be running you know, w- with a little bit of burst, a little bit of wiggle. Looked like he, w- he was healthy. Um, Fresh. Yeah, fresh, absolutely. And, and, you know, we talk about 10 carries, 52 yards, and this wasn't a, a an instance of, well, he had 10 carries and 52 yards. That's because he broke, you know, one for 30. His longest run was yeah. seven, which means he was consistently five, six, seven yards. Um, and that's what the Cowboys need out of him this season. And so I, I actually don't disagree. I think they did get away from the run a little bit early, but we're not, we're not going to be negative here. We're going to be positive. No. So we'll just positively say Ezekiel Elliott looked really good for the most well, part. The positivity you could say is there were questions whether the Cowboys could run the ball, yeah, and they did, and they did run the ball, you know, and uh, to the you know maybe it wasn't extensively like some of us might have liked to see. The thing I remember about Zeke is, you know, it's it was so it's just it, you know it it's just kind of typical. I remember one of the drives I was talking about last night where Zeke ran for seven and second and three. Uh, Steele gets an illegal motion penalty now at second and eight. And then you have a tip pass that Dak tried to throw over the top of of David, and the ball gets tipped, so it's third and eight. And then, you know, then they tries to fit the ball into Schultz, and that doesn't work. Or, you know, it was Lamb. I think it was Lamb. But, you know, it was just the – here's Zeke. He gets you seven yards on the first on, – on a first down carry. But instead of being second and – you know, second and three, it's second and now eight because you got a, you know, you got a, a, a pen, or excuse me, it, you know, you got a penalty on a legal motion penalty that takes you back to now make it second and eight instead of second and three. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's just the kind of stuff that the Cowboys go through. I think teams, and I know we haven't played a whole schedule, but if I played Dallas, again, positivity, Brian, here, <laughs> running the football, but, you know, I, I, I think – I think Tampa does a smart thing. They're going to make Dallas try and drive the ball. You know, you can, okay, yeah, fine. You want to drive the ball? You, you had 14-play drive to start the game and only got a field goal. You know, that's that's some of the things I think if I'm playing the Cowboys, I'm like, 
Yeah, they can they can drive the ball, but they're only going to end up with three points. You know, so. But I, I will say this: I, I thought Zeke ran with with great toughness last night. You've also got uh, I, I think somebody who looks it doesn't look that impressive in the stat sheet. Uh, two receptions, sixteen yards. But I don't know. I, I liked both of the catches that Dennis Houston made. I thought he showed toughness on both of them, and and you know driving back to the ball and and looked like you know. There wasn't a lot of quit in him. Uh, I mean, he wasn't done a lot of favors. There were a couple times where, you know, Dak threw something that was short of him or, or behind him or, or whatever else. Uh, but I think that the film will be kind to Dennis Houston for the most part, even though it doesn't look that impressive in the stat sheet. Yeah, I think you're I think you're going to be right. I mean, we've talked about him as a route runner and all that. But, you know, what's so funny that you mentioned that with Dennis Smith. uh Tampa throws balls to Mike Evans, Chris Godwin until he got hurt. Julio Jones gets a ball. Uh, Rashad Perryman gets a ball. You know, kind of get what Russell Gage gets a ball. Yep. You know, that's that's kind of where that's the difference right there. You know, and nothing against Dennis Houston, and you know, and that's maybe another day, another show talking about where you know where Tolbert is. And, you know, the people will say, well, how does Houston beat out Tolbert? Well, Tolbert trust I, your quarterback yeah, trusts trust. the undrafted free agent yeah. right now. And, that, and that's and that's and that's really, really it. But, you know, that's that's what the Cowboys are right now when they're throwing the ball. When Dennis Houston is an option over others, then you're thinking like, well, wow, what are the who are the Bucks throwing the ball to? They're throwing the ball to you, know, you heard all the names. You know, Perryman was a first round pick. Right. So, you know, I mean, right or wrong, you know, that's that's kind of the that's the difference right there when you look at, you know, the offensive attacks. And I think you're right about the film. I think it'll probably show some positivity about him. But, uh, you know, man, that that whole thing with with Tolbert, you and I thought that was going to be something that was, you know, and people didn't like what we were talking about. They were talking about a wasted third round pick and all. I don't think he's a, I don't think that's a waste or a bust. I just, you know, I think initially Maybe this is the thing he needed. Maybe this is the thing he needed it the way you're like, hey, you have to work this way. You have to prep this way. You have to practice this way. You have to get him meetings this way. You have to take care of yourself off the field. Maybe this is one of those, those, those what we call the old wake-up call that it kind of gets him going, and, and I hope so. I think he's a very, very talented kid. Cowboys obviously didn't get uh... – the, the sack numbers that they wanted. They finished with two, both of them from Parsons. But I do think that I saw some positivity, some good stuff along the defensive line. Three guys that, that stood out to me as, as guys that I think were making plays last night. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence, I think, looked really good. Um, uh, Oso Digizua made some good plays, penetrating into the backfield, you know, wrapping some runs up behind the line of scrimmage. And then even though there's not a ton that shows up in the stat sheet, I thought overall uh, Tristan Hill played okay, um, and 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 you know played consistent, and that's good at least to see carrying over from training camp into the regular season that he he continued to play. There there was one time I remember he ended up on the ground, but for the most part, I thought Tristan Hill did a decent job too. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right about that. Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing how active these uh, defensive linemen were. I was. I know one thing, Bobby. I, me personally, I was putting a lot on this. Uh, I was putting a lot on this defensive tackle group. You know, when you talk about Osa, Tristan, 
Man, I mean, Neville Gallimore, I, I think there's, man, there's some some something deeper, deeper there. I think you'll probably be able to explain it better than me, what's going on there. But, you know, with Bohanna, you know, there was a lot of hope that they were going to be better. And they, you know, at times I, I thought there was, it was tough. I thought it was tough for Tampa to have to attack the middle of the line. I thought their best runs were on the edges. But uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how these guys – played overall because I know I, I was expecting a lot from them. And I think in the run on some of them, they were they were good. And we'll see how close they got on some of these pass rushes. Brady did a great job of taking the ball and getting rid of it. He was not going to let He's this He's a rush. pro. Yeah, he was not going to let this rush affect him. And when they then he did have to hold the ball a little bit, that's when you were able to see some of the better pressure from those guys. And then finally, my, my big positivity here, Brian, with two touchbacks and a 51-yard field goal made. Brett Maher didn't cost you the game last night. I, Brett Maher, honestly, he did what you needed from him. He made the 50-yarder, gets the touchbacks, and actually during warm-ups looked pretty good. Uh, he hit two out of three from 60, and uh, I think he was perfect, or maybe missed one was all in his kicks between like 40 and 58. And so yeah. that's the kind of consistency you need to see from the kicker. Yeah, no, uh, you're, and uh, how about that? Your practice squad guy gets you points last night. Who would have thought that? And your practice squad guy finishes the game at quarterback. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that's that that's something you never want to see right there. Yeah, but, yeah I, I think the positivity, you know, that I was, I'm not going to lie. I know it's positivity uh, talk here, but we kind of saw a little bit about what could happen to with the return game and, you know, with Turpin. I mean, I, I not as great I love, as you wanted. Yeah, I love the fact. I mean, I love the fact that he's willing to bring it out and things like that and try. And, you know, sometimes you catch teams sleeping on that. And so it, that'll be a little bit of a work in progress. But man, the, the kid has the ability. But to go back to the kicking part of it for uh, for Brett Maher to knock that one home from 51, I, I thought that was a, a good start to his season. Well, that does it for us. We will uh, be back Wednesday looking ahead to uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, who had a tough loss against against the Steelers on Sunday. Uh, Joe Burrow with five turnovers on his own. Uh, It'll be an interesting discussion this week, seeing how they're going to game plan for this team without Dak Prescott now. Uh, But we'll have a, a couple nights of sleep. In between then, Brian and I will have more than the three-hour sleep we're going off of from the late night last night with the the Cowboys game. Uh, But until Wednesday, we will talk to you guys later.